It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. Whereas I normally talk about passion, sex, relationships, marriages gone sour, hope on the horizon for a new love, a new way. Today, I want to talk about something that is so unlike me. And shame on me for not acknowledging that this still exists. I want to talk about true love. No, I'm not a casualty, and neither are you. Everybody's had their heart broken at some point or another. But at the same time, we've also known what great, true love is. It's what we all live for. It's what we're all hoping to hold on to, to keep, to nourish, to stroke, to hug and squeeze and never let go of it, if we're lucky enough to have it. I'm talking today on behalf of my girlfriend. I just can't put myself in her place. It's one of the very few times in my life that I can say that. I can sympathize, but I cannot empathize with the situation she's involved in. This is a woman who knew true love, had true love for over 30 years, married to a man that she adored, a very sick man, wheelchair-bound, many health issues, and yet she was at his side without hesitation because she loved him and respected him. And when she'd speak of him, it went over my head because I thought, well, you know, maybe she really does love him or maybe she feels sorry for the fact that he's in this medical decline. But I also noticed at the same time that whenever she would discuss anything about him, it was with a light tone or light coming through her. So I figured they were okay. And they were. This is a professional woman, somebody that works full-time, also takes care of her parents, a true caregiver, somebody that probably never takes time for herself. I received an email from one of her friends over the weekend that her husband had passed away. At that moment, I realized how selfish I'd been. Never to believe in the love that she and he had together. I never stopped to even consider that it was a reality that this woman who had been taking care of this man for so many years and wrapping her arms around him and letting him know that he is still the man in her life, that she loves him to death, is now alone. I don't know how she's going to handle this. How would you handle it? It's not that you're just losing your husband or your life partner. You've lost your best friend. That's really hard. That's a hard hit. Everything about your life was encompassed and circling somebody else who up and left and I don't say that maliciously, you know that. But the thing is, how is she going to manage? I remember what it was like to lose my mom and lose my dad and be the executor and 
go through all the steps and remember at three o'clock in the morning that I forgot to write the obituary or, my God, I forgot to tell the crematorium that I want little urns for each of my children that have my parents' ashes. All of these things, these last minute things that we just don't think about until the last minute, the things that should have been forefront in our minds become the caboose things that we grab onto at the last second because we know we need them and we forgot them. But to do this for your husband? I don't know. I'm really at a loss. And no matter how much we want to talk to this friend, we know they really don't want to hear it. Maybe they just want space. Maybe they need those few feet between themselves and everyone else around them to regroup, gather their thoughts, no matter how strong we are. That's a heavy hit. So we selfishly don't know what to do. Do we reach out to our friends? Do we leave them alone? Do we write them a note? Do we fly in unexpectedly, not telling them we're coming? What do we do? There's nothing that feels right. And then I think about her. So no matter how out of place I feel and not knowing what to do for her, how in the world does she know what to do for her? How does she know what's right anymore? How does she not worry about what's wrong? How does she not feel that she could be next? Maybe she wants to go too, to be with him. Maybe she's finally understanding that she now will have some freedom to be herself and to go places and not have somebody to always take care of. Does that sound selfish? I'm really not sure anymore. I know the depth of feeling that she had. I also know what it is to be suffocated to work so hard to make somebody else so happy for almost your whole adult life. I hope she listens to this, and I hope she understands I mean no harm in what I'm saying. This is her time. After she recovers, after she goes through the multiple stages of grief, I hope, I pray, that she can finally see the light, the weight that she feels being lifted off of her shoulders. I hope she takes a trip or two. I hope she joins clubs. I hope she starts painting, writing again, recording, getting really into her work, making her own podcast, doing something that's for her, just for her. I know that's what he would have wanted for her, but it's this dark period that scares me. It really frightens me for her because she's the type of woman that acts so strong and self-sufficient and knowledgeable. But I know she's got to be falling apart piece by piece. And do we wait for all the pieces to land on the ground, scattered in all different directions like leaves that were blown in the wind? Or do we wrap our arms around her and try and keep her in one piece What's the best thing to do for a friend of yours who is in mourning, 
who has lost their best friend, husband, and life partner. It's probably one of the first times in my life I've felt stupid. I don't know what to do for her. I wrote to her, and I asked her if she wanted to talk, and if she wanted to put our conversation on tape, so that she could at least get all of these emotions and have them as something that's valid for a later date. She can listen back in a year and see how much she's grown or if she's still in the same place and somebody needs to kick her ass at that point to get her moving, probably just herself. But I know this woman and I know she's going to be okay eventually. She has to be. She's vibrant. But I asked her if she wanted to do this, not necessarily as a podcast, because I would respect her wishes if she didn't want it aired. This is her private time. This is her grief. But to put it on tape and just put it on an MP3 and slide it in your drawer and just know it's there. Know that your conversation with somebody else is there about your husband. It's a lot. It's a lot to consider. How do you move on from a loss as great as this one? I spend so much time talking about how I believe marriage just isn't meant to be successful. I spend all that energy saying it's okay if you want to get divorced, if you want to separate, because people change. We become different after 20 years of living together. I spend so many hours a day recording and writing and looking up statistics divorce 65%. I mean, we all know why. We grow apart. And then we hear about a story like this. It touches our soul. It makes me remember that there was a fairy tale and the fairy tale had to come from a reality. So if you're in one of those marriages that do work and you really truly do love your husband cherish every moment you have with him. Don't let them slip by. Hold on to each moment. Say, I love you. Kiss him when you can. Put your arm around him. Let him know he's the man in your life. The only man for you. Because we don't know how long we'll have each other. So, back to you, my girlfriend. And the only reason I'm going to attach this next piece is because I know you're grieving. And I just want to add a little bit of humor to get you through the day. It may not be the most appropriate piece, but you know me well enough to know that this is done from my heart and just to make you laugh, even for a minute in the next Lord knows how long it'll take until you smile again. And even though I know you could never find a man like the one you just had, I know that for a fact, at least right now. But have you ever considered going to the husband store? Maybe like next year? So have you heard about the husband store? Seriously, it's a store that sells new husbands. Any woman like you and me can go and choose a husband. Now, there's certain instructions that have to be followed. For instance, 
You can only visit the store once. There's six floors, and the value of the products increase as we go up each flight. Now, we can choose any item from a particular floor, or we can choose to go up to the next floor, but you can't go back down except to exit the building. So, I went to the husband store. Why not? On the first floor, there was a sign that said, These men have jobs. I have to admit I was intrigued, but I decided to go to the second floor. And the sign said, These men have jobs and love kids. Well, I have that already. So, that's nice. But if I'm going to go shopping for a new husband, I want more. So, I went up to the next floor. Third floor sign says, These men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good-looking. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying anything about my husband, but wouldn't you be curious to see what might be on the next level? So, I kept going. I got up to the fourth floor. Sign said, these men have jobs, love kids, and are drop-dead good-looking, and help with housework. I almost felt like I died and went to heaven, but I couldn't stand it. So, off I went to the fifth floor. And the sign said, These men have jobs, love kids, are drop-dead gorgeous, help with housework, and have a strong romantic streak. Oh my God, I was so tempted to stay. But the sixth floor was calling me, and up I went. Sixth floor, I arrive, it says, You are visitor 31,456,000 to this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely as proof that women are impossible to please. Where I promptly said, please. And then they thanked me for shopping at the husband store. Ridiculous. I went downstairs, crossed the street, and don't you know, right there in front of my face, there's a new wives store. The rules were plastered right there on the front window. The first floor has wives that love sex. The second floor has wives that love sex, sports, and beer. Huh. The third, fourth, fifth, and sixth floors have never been visited. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend, you know I love you. And I'd do anything to just brighten your day for a millisecond. So, I hope you took it appropriately. I dedicate this podcast to my girlfriend, and she knows who she is. I send much love and admiration to her and hope that she knows I'm here for whenever she needs, whether she wants to come visit me or she wants to just pick up the phone, FaceTime, text, whatever makes her comfortable. I'm here, and I know you would do the same for your friend. I also want to apologize for not being here last week, changing the subject for a second. It was my first real vacation in a while, although I did take my recording gear with me. (laughs) But I forgot a major cord that goes to the mic. (laughs) Uh, That's typical of me. And uh, I did some work for my real job, just talking into my phone and processing the voice, but I just couldn't do a podcast that way. So my apologies do go out to you for missing a week, and I missed you. (laughs) Anytime you'd like to get in touch with me, 
You can talk to me right there on iTunes, the Sugar Mom Podcast. If you'd subscribe, it would be great. You can write to me, Robin Marshall Sugar Mom at gmail.com. That's Robin Marshall with two L's, Sugar Mom at gmail.com. Tell me what you feel. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you are upset about. Tell me anything, something funny that might have happened. I'd love to have you on. I think you'd get a kick. So back to you, my girlfriend. I'm here whenever you need. Much love. Until next time, it's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. A Westwood One podcast production.